0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Hacking Into Security, your career-related cybersecurity show. I'm your host, Ricky Burke, the InfoSec recruiter. And regularly, we'll be catching up with a variety of guests from CISOs, entrepreneurs, VCs, new people into the industry, and more. Each sharing their story, industry knowledge, and advice on how others can navigate success in their career. So sit back, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Hacking Into Security. I'm your host, Ricky Burke, and today we're joined by Baptiste Roberts. So Baptiste, welcome. Hi, nice to meet you. You too. So uh, for those that may not know Baptiste, well, I guess a full name, you go by some other names, one of them being Elliot Alderson, which is uh, quite an interesting name in this industry. So Baptiste is a French security researcher and would love to get to know you more and your story. So first question that I ask everybody is, who are you?
1: So... As you said, I am a French security researcher. I started to to post some stuff on, on Twitter three years ago, something like this, and uh, my, I'm specialized in mobile security in general, in specifically in Android security. So I'm finding vulnerabilities in Android apps, in Android OSP in general, so I'm used to public shaming, let's say it like this, <laughs> companies and uh, governments in general and Twitter in order to push them to fix the vulnerabilities I found or other people found.
0: Well, I guess there's different ways we can phrase it, public shaming, sharing research or creating public awareness. I've noticed uh <laughs> you've got a bit of an ongoing, let's say, conversation, discussion, one, one of the big apps over in India.
1: Yes, yeah, so I have a big history with India. I'm used to analyze different webs a governmental website or Indian application in order to find vulnerabilities there where a lot of things to find, a lot of things to fix. And I manage with my Twitter account and the, the audience I have and the big reach I have right now to to contact the different governmental services, uh, Indian companies in order to push them to fix. I also find some some cases of data abuse made by some application, for example, I think it was two years ago. I found that the, the application of the Prime Minister of India, Narendra Modi, was sending data to, was sending analytics data to an American, a U.S. company. So. We managed to do something, but this is quite complicated. And you have, when you do some stuff like this, especially when it's not your country, you have to understand the cultural habits of the country, uh, the, the different organization, because all companies are not working like your companies. And depending of your nationalities, the reaction you will have when someone is contacting you out of the blue to tell you okay you have vulnerabilities it can be very different if you are a european us from us or australian for example
0: yeah i can imagine so you mentioned you've got a bit of a reach with with your with your twitter and obviously that helps i think when well creating awareness and that goes back to your handle and uh, i guess the links to mr robot so how did that all come about, you know, taking up the name Elliot Alderson and, and F Society?
1: I mean, I like the, the the TV show. I think like everyone in this industry. So I think it was in 2017, something like this. I decided to reset my Twitter account and I, during the, at the end of the day, it, I was working on, on my personal project and I was researching on some stuff. And one day I decided, okay, I will reset my Twitter account and I will share what I'm finding when when I am in front of my TV, just looking at vulnerabilities, uh, application. So I decided to, to look at my uh, OnePlus phone, which was my personal phone uh, at this time. Um, I published the first vulnerabilities that I found. Um, creating this persona cre- uh, used the Elliot Alderson pseudonym <laughs> was uh, uh, an I think in my opinion, it was a nice idea because people in order if you want to raise awareness if you want to spread uh, messages you have to to be the hacker in people's minds, so you will have more chance to spread your message if people really think you are an hacker like they see in the movies or in in t v shows in general so this is i think this is one of the reasons my account has so many followers right now uh, because people think this is Edgar Alderson tweeting <laughs> sometimes. And I had some crazy theories, uh, theories like this, where people are asking me uh, if I was paid by the Mr. Robot production in order to promote the show. <laughs> uh, these kind of things. This is super funny on my side. But uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I- I've got to be honest. When I first saw the Twitter account some time ago, I thought it was a bit of a joke. And then I started actually seeing your research and I was like, then I thought, well, realize, yeah, this guy's serious. But I guess it's one thing having the alias or that that handle. It's another thing actually producing the quality of of research. And and I guess if you weren't consistently sharing valuable vulnerabilities, you probably yeah, wouldn't have that it, sort of reach. It,
1: it was one of the ideas behind this account. Also, it was to say, okay, if Elliot Alderson was a real security researcher, this guy would like to tweet. Also, like a lot of people in this in this industry. So, I am trying sometimes to to tweet like Elliot Alderson. If you are like the person, like the like the main character, and you have some issues, you have some like in, in the show you have some problems but you are still a, a valid security researcher you are still finding some finding some stuff and you want you deeply want to change the world you want to you to yeah to to make people fix their their issues so uh, this is what i'm trying
0: knowing that we sort of booked this in a week or two ago i started watching the first season again and such a good show I, I it's i don't know whether it's too cliche or what but I, I do genuinely love that that program especially that first season
1: yeah it is yeah this is a very good show and i mean it's still you have some cliche but at least the tools he's using in the show yeah. are quite good so they they made a, a very good job
0: yeah. so going back how, how did you actually get into security in the first place this
1: is a complicated story so i was uh, first i uh, graduate from an engineering school with network and telecommunication uh, degree this is a job i never really did in reality uh, <laughs> after school i directly uh, started to be an android developer so i created some android application internally for intel so i was creating a bunch of internal application i started for example to work in the audio team at intel then i moved from team to team and it allowed me to to get a, a good knowledge of all Android. the android open source project was working the different stack implied in in in, on, in the in android And one of the team I worked was super interesting. It was a PNP team, the power and performance team. And this is, uh, it was a great experience because when you have a power issue in your phone, it can be the root cause Can be anything. It can be an hardware issue, it can be an application, a mobile application with a deadlock, something like this. So you have to understand everything and you have to be able to to have the big picture. And this is what I'm still trying right now when uh, I'm facing an issue. I'm trying to step back and understand everything, having the big picture and say, okay, this is, it's happening like this. And this is a process and I think it was because of this experience I started to to be interested in in security, and then after working for it, Intel, I worked for for Doro, a Swedish phone maker for senior people, and um, I was responsible of creating a custom version of Android. So f- because when you are a senior when you are senior people who are using smartphone really anxious when they got a pop-up, for example. So you have to clean everything, you have to change uh, the system messages in order to say, okay, this is not your fault, something bad is happening, but you can repair it easily. So I was responsible of customizing Android in general and I saw I saw what phone makers had in, in their firmware, all the system application with all the rights, and I added myself some some nasty stuff because I didn't have the time to to fix everything. It was impossible to fix everything. It was impossible to verify everything because when you receive the firmware from the Chinese team with. Uh, Forty system application, you don't have time to verify the behavior of the forty application. So you just you you take the firmware as it is and you add your free application on on that tool and you ship it like this. Wow. So so this is why I started also this Twitter account and this is why I started to be to to be more interested in in security and data abuse in in general because. I was able to see, okay, there is something wrong. And this is three years after this is still the case. You have a lot of nasty stuff in in phone firmware, in smartphone firmware in general. And nobody is doing a thing because this is too complicated. Nobody is paying for that. And you you just don't have time to analyze everything.
0: Yeah, it's a a field day for attackers. It's just such a mess. Yeah, yeah. So, how how did you go from working full time for, for companies to then becoming uh, basically a, a full time researcher? You know, s- basically, you know, sustaining yourself and and earning a living that way.
1: So I started as a freelancer a few years ago. So I created my company first. I was working for for some companies in order to find vulnerabilities in, in product and, uh, and then I'm, I'm just having a Twitter account a, a famous Twitter account is helping a lot because mm-hmm. you have a lot of proposition of on people are coming with jobs so you just have to choose nice. your project which is super cool so I, I'm, really, I'm really lucky on this side and I just have to choose the project I want to work on. But my main mantra is really to I want to work on something cool and money is really not my not the the big criteria uh, when I'm choosing a new job. I'm just trying to to choose something, a project which is cool to project if your project is something related to public interest if you raise awareness in your topic if you are doing something for others i will be happy to work on so obviously you still need money you still you still need to to live and to eat and everything mm. but having working on something cool is is really important
0: that makes sense so what sort of things are keeping you busy at the moment
1: So right now, I created a new company, which is called, uh, with a friend of mine, I created Predicta Lab. So our goal is to fight disinformation. Uh, Disinformation is a topic I'm working on for something like one year and a half. And this is something super interesting, quite big, and uh, with a it's a real threat to our democracy in general and uh, it has uh, real life consequences.
0: Could could have done with you uh, three or four years ago working on that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, so there is a lot of things to do. There is a lot of things to understand. And um, I had the chance to discuss with a lot of, people, some researcher in this field, but also some people in different governments at a high level in, in different governments. And we have quite a big issues because right now we don't really know what is happening. We have some difficulties to understand what is disinformation, what techniques they are using. So, And in general, information, the way people find the information change. And especially for young people. We really need to, to understand everything and to find a way to get the correct information at the correct moment. And especially current solutions to this kind of issue are not okay, in my opinion, because this is too slow. We are in a world where the information is super quick and not only young people, everyone, we have a phone and we have our push notification all the time with the news. So in order to fight disinformation, we need to be as quick as uh, disinformation. We need to directly push the correct information on not waiting two days, three days after the fact checking article.
0: If you can share, I guess, what, what's your process around that to sort of fact check and and, and try and gather the right information that people should know?
1: What we will try to do is to get data from the different social networks because I'm really bored to see a lot of Twitter analyses. So this is... Twitter analysis are very interesting, but this is not the only social networks on the internet. So what I will do is to get a lot of data from different social networks, trying to to find some common patterns in these different social networks. And also what I I will try to do, I will try to find the correct information instead of trying to find the the disinformation. So when something is happening, I will try to find who was who tweeted first on this topic, who posted a video on TikTok on this specific to- topic first, and then in a specific community or a specific event, I will try to find who is a reliable source of information.
0: Time for a quick break. I'm Ricky Burke. In my full-time role, I'm the founder and director of CyberSec People. A leading cybersecurity recruitment company, where we support organizations across the US and APAC in hiring cybersecurity talent. Through our connections and reach into the security community, our deep industry knowledge, we save organizations time when hiring. We have a 98% success rate and a three year track record that demonstrates we only have to send, on average, two applicants to find success. If your organization is hiring, reach out as we'd love to discuss what that means for you. In the meantime, thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Yeah, that's interesting. And what, what, what do you make of, I guess, the, the main social medias like Twitter and Facebook doing new things around that?
1: In my data source, I'm trying to get information from different social networks. So you have, uh, for example, Parler, which is a uh, new right-wing Twitter thing. You have TikTok, obviously. For example, a lot of people think TikTok is only a, a bunch of young people dancing. But in reality, you have you have a lot of political content on, on TikTok. So this is super interesting to analyze what is really happening. And you have a lot of Trump supporters, conspiracy lovers, who are spreading just their messages on TikTok. And you can uh, young people and users in general of of this application can find this content and they have no context. They just see this video and, and sometimes it's working. So this is what we have to to expose. I'm getting data from Gab, the right-wing social networks too, and uh, I am in the process of adding some website, some information website like uh, Russian. Russian sources or Chinese sources. Also.
0: So I see that you're you've been very vocal about TikTok yes. recently, and you've just mentioned it there as well. So I guess what's what's your analysis and what are you doing with TikTok at the moment?
1: So TikTok is a very complex topic. So this is why I, I try to explain some things on I. Wrote different articles on this topic, on different tweets also, because this is a super complicated topic, and you have a bunch of different problematics in the same topic. Because TikTok is first a political, a geopolitical issue. First, it's an episode in the war between China and the US. Before you had Huawei episode. Before it was uh, uh, the tariff wars, so so you you had different episode, and it's also a way for Trump to to push his political agenda for the upcoming elections. So obviously he used that in order to say to U.S. U.S. citizens, okay, I will protect you from from the outside, and here the uh, the enemies are China, and when you looked... At the technical side you you can see there is nothing to back the, the political speech you can hear, and when Trump is saying this is a threat to, to national security, I mean nothing can, nothing can prove that on the technical side so it, it was important to say okay it's, no, it's not true. at least what we are saying as a technical person is no, we can we cannot say that. And I think it was the FBI or I don't know which agency, U.S. agency, but they said the same thing. They released a report saying the same thing. And regarding TikTok, what I'm trying to do right now is to to get data from TikTok. So this part is already done. This is not that complicated, but I'm trying to understand all the algorithm the TikTok algorithm is working and also the different videos and propaganda made by people on TikTok because for example if you search Trump 2020 on 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 TikTok you will you will find a lot of things but same thing for Biden. So you can it's interesting to see all people are posting video but also you have a big censorship on on TikTok, so the TikTok is removing video quite quickly too, and they blacklist some words on their search bar. So this is quite interesting to to see what they are doing on their side.
0: So, like, for like example, what? out of interest.
1: So, for example, if you are looking at uh, QAnon and uh, if you search QAnon on on TikTok, you will find nothing you will have no result. But it's not because there is no video with QAnon. Uh, it's because they blacklist the the, the word. So, so you will have zero result, but in, in reality, you can find videos with the hashtag QAnon.
0: Wow. Okay. So actually, just speaking of China, earlier today or your tweet just before this about WeChat, yeah. That's a, that's a whole minefield as well.
1: Yeah, WeChat is uh, is um, it's it's also a complicated topic. I worked on personally. I worked on on the WeChat for two years. For previous clients, WeChat is a giant application. It's doing everything. You can pay with that. So it's like Apple Pay. It's like Messenger because you can send messages. You have a news feed. You really have a lot of things. It's also WhatsApp. You really have everything you can imagine in, in WeChat. And the, the biggest issue with WeChat is there is no alternative. So if you want to discuss with some Chinese citizen located in, in, Ch- in China mainland, the only way to reach them is to communicate with them is, is WeChat you have no alternative and you are forced to use it. And this is something proved by a lot of people, some journalists, but also a citizen lab, for example, made a lot of analysis on that. You have a big censorship on, on, on WeChat and they filter some, some words. They filter some images. And so all the communication on WeChat monitored. So this is a big surveillance tool for the for the Chinese population, the Chinese diaspora in general. Um, this is a this is a big issue we should be worried about because because of there is no alternative to that. We have one population who is monitored and nobody is saying nothing because yeah China.
0: Yeah. Wow. So looking broader than that as a security researcher. How do your, I guess, ideas come to you or how, how do you decide sort of what's interesting and how you can follow things down the rabbit hole?
1: I, I don't really have a process, even after all these years. I'm just looking at Twitter and different sources of, of information I'm trying to, to work on interesting topics. So sometimes sometimes I'm, I'm looking at one, one article and an application is mentioned. I'm trying to get the reference of this application and looking at it. So there is no real process behind that. I'm, I'm just trying to, to feel to feel the topic and see, okay, this is something I will like. So let's let's see what I can do with that.
0: Okay. And then when you found something, what happens then? How how do you get started on your job essentially?
1: It's really dependent on the context and uh, what i found so for example if it, if this is something governmental uh, it's related to to one government uh, i will take an example for example i think it was one year ago or uh, two years ago something like this i was able to to uh, to create an account in the French government messaging application. So I was like president employee, let's say like this. Um, I was able to access all the contact, all the group chat. I was able to send a message to, to everyone. So when you find something like this, you are, the first reaction is, okay, I managed to do it. <laughs> and uh, then you, you wonder, oh, you will contact the correct person. And uh, because of my Twitter account, again, I'm very lucky and I am able to to reach this kind of people because my account is monitored by a lot of people, a lot of journalists, so it's really helping a lot. And in general, I manage to, to find the correct person. But yes, sometimes the, the the first reaction is to say, okay, oh, I will contact these guys. And uh, I have another example uh, of of uh, a few months ago, the Vatican released a, a new gadget connected with an application. So I managed, just after the release, I managed to, to find an a account takeover on, on this application. And the, the, my, it was midnight at this time and I was like, okay, or I will manage to find a priest, or I will manage to contact someone at the Vatican. I mean, this is the smallest country in the world. I don't even know if they have Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. so but I managed to do it. So everything is possible.
0: So you've obviously got experience looking into all sorts of, you know, I guess enterprises, large businesses, governments, and all sorts of things. I guess the the feedback you get isn't always favorable, or, or do you get some surprises or or pleasant ones?
1: In, in general, the contact is pretty good. People are very friendly, and especially when you are talking with a technical person, because they want to understand. So, they really want to know what is happening and they want to fix their product because this is, they created that, they are in charge of this product. And if you are coming with something nicely, saying, okay, I found something and I want to help you in order to fix it, I mean, people are quite nice. Sometimes it's happening to have some not super friendly guys, but because in the relation, you are the one with the knowledge. You are the one with the power because you have the vulnerabilities. They are forced to, to be nice with you. <laughs> so if, if you are coming nicely and this is what I'm trying to do, just saying, okay, I just want to help you. I just want to fix that because a lot of customers are affected. There is no reason that something wrong is happening.
0: Fair enough. So as a researcher, do you have any preferred tools or strategies that really help you do what you do well?
1: I'm trying to avoid tools in general, especially for beginners. If you want to to start in security, if you want to hack something, you the the most important thing is to understand what you are hacking. All the application is behaving. What is the logic behind? And for that, you don't really need any tool. Obviously, I'm using, a l- like a lot of people, a burp in order to intercept all the network requests. But the most important thing is tra- trying to have the big picture and just, okay, when I'm clicking on this button, something is happening, and it's doing this request, and then you have this respond in this answer i can see uh, this payload and so you have to understand really what is the logic what the code is doing what is the code flow this is or you will manage to to act something because before hacking before modifying the behavior or something you have to understand how is it working in the first place
0: yeah so that's an interesting point so do you think you would have the success you have now if you didn't have i guess the background you had before research you know hacking and, and as a as a researcher
1: being an android developer is a big is still a big elk for me because i was i created some application first i was in the position of the guy who's added some some errors in in the code i know why the guy coded like he did, <laughs> I know why this code is here, and when you are a hacker, you are trying to be in the developer mind. You are okay, I think he did that because of that. He was trying to do that and so and so I will be able to do that in my position. so if you want to hack Android application, my first advice will be to to create some application. It really helps.
0: That makes sense. Now, the thing is why we see so many experienced hackers and pen testers and researchers that used to be sysadmins that used to be developers. Yeah. Cause I guess if you know how something works, then you know how to break it. And I think these days, a lot of people, it seems cause I, I do get a lot of sort of, I guess people looking for their first job coming out of university and they, they want to become a hacker. They want to become a penetration tester and I don't know. Sometimes it feels like people are looking for shortcuts and they might be better off gaining some experience, the foundations before maybe learning how to break things. Yep. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And I guess, in terms of sort of any aspiring researchers out there, so anyone that I guess that wants to go from part-time researcher or or penetration tester or hacker to doing what you do full-time, I guess. Would you have any advice for people that want to move down that line? I'm
1: really not an example, to be honest. Um, (laughs) I really consider myself as a lucky guy because I had the chance to get a lot of media attention uh, multiple times and it really helped to get a big account and so a big audience and, and a big reach. So if you want don't don't try to get media attention this is this is not something you want to have in general it's not really helping but instead be nice try to discuss with a lot of people even people with big accounts i mean i'm trying to answer to all my messages and in general in the Yam Frocek industry, everyone is quite nice. So, if you ask a question, we will try to answer. We will try to help. So, don't just send a message saying "Hello, can I ask? Can I ask a question?" Just ask your question. That's all. Yeah, write write articles. Share what you find. There is no secret you have. If you find something. Uh, don't be mysterious, I mean, there is no need to that. Keep in mind that the goal is to help the goal The goal is to secure things. The goal is to secure the data of people so trying to say, Okay, I found the biggest issue of the world is not helping. Just try to contact the correct person by email something on and fix it that's all and then write an article and sometimes because life is complicated it's complicated to find the correct person the company is not good the company is not okay in their behavior so you have to to take some shortcuts but there is some some ways to do that and this is not that complicated
0: Fair enough. And just before we wrap things up, actually, I guess it's, there's benefits to having a profile that people know and that awareness, I mean, especially when it comes to sharing your research and stuff like that. But I guess there maybe aren't always positives. You must get a lot of messages. And yeah, I guess how, how do you deal with the attention from that side of things?
1: Having a, a big profile is helping to share researches. My research in general. You receive a lot of positive comments, but you got a lot of uh, negative comments too. My personal rules for years. It's because I don't have time. Uh, if you are aggressive or if you insult me, I'm just blocking. Uh, I block directly. I don't have time to to discuss with people in in general so it's not interesting And life is too short so i'm just trying to do my best listening to to the constructive feedback and i'm also trying to share the reach of my account so if you have on um, if you have a Something cool. If you want to share something, I'm always tr- trying to retweet uh, other people's uh, research on things like this. Because in general, the, the best research are coming from very small accounts. So I'm not really listening to, to big accounts, but uh, you have a lot of super interesting people on, on Twitter with uh, a very small account, but they are doing an amazing job.
0: Yeah, well, I guess the people that will be well-known in 5, 10, 15 years' time, they've got to start somewhere. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, Baptiste, Elliot, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. It's, it's been a real pleasure getting to know you and sharing your experience. So thank you very much for that. Thanks for the invitation. Excellent. Take care. Thanks for listening. And if you've got any questions, comments, please reach out to me. You'll find me online anywhere, CyberSec, Ricky. And if you would like to be involved in the future, maybe a guest, uh, then reach out as well. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Bye.